<laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, welcome back. It's Boo, episode number 16 for Monday, September 28th, year of our Lord, 2020. 36 days until the re-election of Donald J. Trump. Hey, on today's VU, we have three segments about those taxes, debate prep, and ACB brilliance. (laughs) We're going to have a good time today on VU. But hey, welcome, everybody. It's your voice of one, otherwise known as VU, and it's your host, Woody Cumbie, bringing you the unparalleled blend of coffee, current events, faith, and FSU football all in about 20 minutes. So it's good to have you on board. Hey, good news, ladies and gentlemen, sent to me by Susan out of South Florida. And that is the alert that tomorrow, Tuesday, is National Coffee Day. That's right. The 29th of September. Who knew it? It's National Coffee Day. So I think you could Google and find maybe a free cup of coffee in your area on National Coffee Day on Tuesday. Now that brings me to uh, a needed update on Hoosier Warrior Coffee. Remember, I gave you the Friday feature coffee on uh, Friday. It was HoosierWarriorCoffee.com. And I mentioned that I had the seasonal flavor spooky. And I also uh, clarified the fact that I probably had put just a little... Uh, I'd undercut the amount of coffee just a little bit in when I perked it. So, uh, or when I dripped it, didn't perk it, I dripped it, all right? So anyway, uh, so I strengthened it up just so they give a little bit more of uh, a fair appraisal. But, uh, you know, even today, I'm not sure I can give you an, I mean, it's a good cup of coffee, but I'm just not sure I can give you an absolutely fair appraisal because, uh well, what happened was I burned the bacon. That's <laughs> true. I, I, I burned, well, I didn't completely burn the bacon. I mean, I just made it like extra crispy. And I like crispy bacon. Uh, I mean, if you're going to go, I mean, to one side or the other, I mean, give me, give me crispy, right? Give me crispy. But this was kind of a little dark crispy, right? I'm, I, I was working on something on my computer. I'm on a text thread. I hear the thing binging, binging in there uh, in the oven. The oven's right saying the clock is telling me, the timer is telling me, hey, your bacon is ready. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, I mean, it'll be okay. But so I, I hung in there just a little bit with some text messages, went in there, and boom, opened it up, and a uh, little dark, a little crispy, a little crispy uh, on the bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do bacon in the in the oven. No, no, my, my, no, no, no. My, I grew up in the South. My mom did the bacon in the, in the iron skillet and poured out the grease right into the into the jar and then used that bacon grease to flavor other things. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. Me, I do the whole bag, <laughs> the whole bag of bacon at one time uh, uh, there in the oven. So uh, anyway, just uh, yeah, I kind of kind of got it on the crispy side. No, 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 no special. No, 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 I don't get the butcher to like cut the bacon or do you know any of that stuff. No, no, no. No, 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 not not the not the nine dollar bacon, just just the Kroger brand. Uh hardwood smoked though. You gotta go for hardwood smoked. So anyway, so I kind of burnt and, and that kind of skews the taste, right? Right? The, the, it kind of skews the taste. So now I've now I've got my brewed coffee, my well, my dripped coffee. Hoosier Warrior coffee, but who wants to say that a coffee blends well, pairs well with burnt bacon? I mean, nobody wants to say that. So anyway, all that to say, I think Hoosier Warrior coffee 
is you could tell it's fresh ground. It's a, it, obviously a great company, and I, th- I thought it tasted really good for a coffee with flavor. Not my choice, really, typically a coffee with flavor, but uh, I will try it again with one of their straight-up roasts. So I want to encourage you to go over there to HoosierWarriorCoffee.com. All right. Now, speaking of burned up, how about that FSU football? Wow. Wow. A total collapse of the FSU football program. Yeah, there'll be less and less uh, FSU football on VU. Uh, (laughs) I'm telling you, man. Wow. You talk about crispy. I was crispy. On, uh, on, on Saturday. Man, I mean, I'm talking about, I, you, you need to understand, I mean, I'm the guy who's experienced 14 straight years of FSU being in the top five. I was there for the golden era. So to see what that product is today, man, man. And then I'm watching the Colts on Sunday. I'm watching Xavier Rhodes uh, with two picks and one, uh, one pick six uh, there for the Colts. Of course, he used to be a uh, defensive back for Florida State, and I'm reminded of back when Florida State could play football. Anyway, we're in a terrible situation at Florida State, and I call it the dukeification of Florida State, and it's not a compliment. All right, it's the dukeification of Florida State. Now, here, here's what that means. Duke has terrible football, and they have great basketball. And so during football season, their fans are saying, oh, well, it's just another two months until we get to basketball season. Well, for the first time ever, Florida State <laughs> Florida State fans have been dukeified, right? We're sitting there on Saturday night saying, oh, well, it's just two months until basketball. And I do expect FSU basketball to be very competitive. All right. Hey, listen, folks. Um, Might have to change our peak blend, swap out uh, FSU football for FSU basketball. Okay, we're coming right back with About Those Taxes and then into debate prep and ACB brilliance. It's going to be great. So, hey, hang on just for a second. We'll be right back. Okay, folks. Hey, welcome back. Segment number one about those taxes. Okay, now as you know, there's been this hyper focus, hyper focus on Donald Trump's taxes, which of course never been released. He says they've been under audit and that the IRS treats him badly, but uh, and so he they, he can't release them because they're under audit now. Um, Anyway, there's been all kind of theories about what would be discovered if you could look into his taxes. Now, first of all, understand that the Congress of the United States of America, made up of Democrats and Republicans years ago, uh, created a form that uh, a financial disclosure template that every one running for president of the United States has to file with the election commission. And so when you file to run for president, there are financial disclosures you have to make. And so there's a whole bunch of questions and you have to give it to your financial people and they have to fill this whole thing out. Well, uh, and so that w- Democrats and Republicans decided that if we ask these questions and we get these disclosures, 
that that's, that's really all we need. They didn't in anywhere in it say we need to see the person's tax returns, all right? Now, there's a state version of that for your state and probably local, whatever. At any rate, um, so in 2016, as I recall it, you can correct me, but as I recall it, the president, or Donald Trump, he, when, he, uh, when he announced his candidacy, he had to file that report. In his case, it was 200 pages long. In the case of Hillary Clinton, what she filed was 13 pages long. Now, you can correct me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was only 11 pages. I don't know. I, I just I know it was in that ballpark. All right, so about 200 pages versus about 13 pages. But somehow it's, it's Donald Trump that has not been forthcoming with the, uh, with the finances. Anyway, that brings us to taxes, this hyper hyper focus on tax. So anyway, so there's a, uh, a lawsuit and all this, and they supposedly the, the court got uh, to look at some of his taxes. And then, of course, somebody supposedly leaked information out to the New York Times or whoever it was. And they report over the weekend that, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago or whatever it was, he only paid $700 in taxes. And of course, he's supposed to be a multi-multi-millionaire, billionaire, whatever it is. And he only paid $700 in taxes. Well, a couple of things about that. Number one, uh, he said that it's total fake news. And it probably is fake news, number one. Number two uh, is the fact that, uh, as he correctly says, he is uh, highly leveraged, right, with all of his properties and all of that. And that Right, just like you can deduct, right? Some of the things you're like your mortgage, you deduct some things. So, uh, all I know is this: I take my taxes to a tax professional to do my taxes, and I do that for only really two reasons. One, out of convenience, I don't want to do them myself, and I, I just got in the habit of it long before there was anything like TurboTax or anything like that. I'm sure that works fine, but. But I, I just got used to doing that years ago. Anyway, I take it to a tax professional. But the main reason I take it to a tax professional is I count on that tax professional to be able to see how I can can uh, pay the least, right, L-E-A-S-T, least amount of taxes possible. That's why I do it. Now, that's why you do it. In fact, that's why every single person who has their taxes prepared, has them prepared, and that is in order to pay the least amount of taxes possible. Now, there is nothing wrong with legally paying the least amount of taxes possible. In fact, I, I want to share with you this quote, right, from... Uh, I'm going to show you this uh, quote, which I can't show you right now because I can't find it. Oh, there it is. There it is. All right. Now, this is from uh, Supreme Court Justice Leonard Hand back in the day. And uh, he said this. Over and over again, courts have said that there is nothing sinister in so arranging one's affairs as to keep taxes as low as possible. Everyone does so rich or poor, and all do it right, for nobody 
owes any public duty to pay more than the law demands. Taxes are enforced extractions, not voluntary contributions. To demand more in the name of morals is a mere cant, end quote. And so that's uh, Supreme Court Justice Leonard Hand, and he's exactly right. We are, to, we are to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar. We are to pay what we rightfully owe, but we, we don't have to pay any more than that. So whatever the tax law says, right, remember, if you're applying the tax laws, you're apparent, you are applying the laws that have been created by the Congress, Democrats and Republicans together. They can make the tax law be whatever they wanted it to be. Why not be a flat tax, by the way? Why not be a flat tax? It'd be pretty simple, wouldn't it? Flat tax. But they created a very complicated tax code, and guess what? People who have big corporations and people who have huge, that they, they are going to have hundreds and hundreds of pages of, of, of tax filing. That's just the way it's going to be. But by the way, by the way, speaking of taxes, what about Joe Biden's taxes? Now, he released his taxes, and it's very interesting. It turns out that in 2016, the last year that he was the vice president, he made $300,000, more or less. That's what he reports on his, ta- his income tax. The very next year, 2017, on the tax forms that have just been released, right, uh, Joe Biden made $11 million the first year after being VP. Wonder how that happened. And the year after that, 2018, he made $4.5 million wonder how that happened. So here it is, 50, almost $16 million in the first two years after being the vice president. wonder where all that money came from. Did you notice that he became the CEO of some company? Did he invent some product? Did, I mean, where do you think all that $16 million came from? How did he make that kind of money? The first two years after serving as VP. Hmm. It's about those taxes, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, at least they changed the focus over to DJT's taxes on the same weekend that JB's taxes were released. That's the way it works, folks. All right. Hey, we'll be right back to talk about debate prep. (laughs) Tomorrow is not only National Coffee Day. It is the first debate between Trump and Biden. Hang on. All right, welcome back, folks. The last two segments together here on VU 16. Okay, first is debate prep. Now, get your National Coffee Day coffee and get ready. Tomorrow night is the first debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Well, of course, people have said, how in the world could Joe Biden stay on the stage with Donald Trump? I mean, look what he did with Hillary Clinton. I mean, here's Joe Biden, doesn't know what day is. He doesn't know what town he's in. Uh, he has all these mental gaffes. How can he stay? Well, of course, the president has trolled the Biden camp and said, well, of course he's going to be okay because they're going to juice him up, juice him up. That could be the new chant at the uh, at the Trump rallies, juice him up. But anyway, um, so 
<laughs> so the president has trolled him by saying, why don't we take a drug test before the debate? Did you see this? Why don't we take a drug test before? And now the Biden camp has said, no, we're not going to take a drug test. And so, dun, dun, dun. I think... <laughs> I think once again the president has uh, has skewed the news cycle and uh, and has thrown a curveball in there that they didn't expect. Bottom line, Chris Wallace, moderator. Mm, 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 mm. Anyway, look for Joe Biden to be declared the winner as long as he he basically knows what day it is. If he stays awake, if he has no major gaffes, if he doesn't get completely mentally lost. See, the bar is so low for Joe, that uh, I think he'll be declared the winner. And, and frankly, I think that that he'll do okay. I think that those who support Trump will think he won. Those who support Biden will think he won. And I think what will be interesting is the quote-unquote undecided that will be in some room and wired up and where the you know those markers go. Do they approve or disapprove on the some electronic graph or something? Anyway, they'll tell us all about that tomorrow night. Now, here's the last thing for today. ACB Brilliance. Okay, so Amy Comey Bryant uh, has been, of course, uh, nominated to fill Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat. Of course, as you know, she's a Notre Dame law professor, finished first in her class. She was a clerk to uh, Antonin Scalia. And uh, mm, by the way, Antonin Scalia's death. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, so uh, uh, mother of seven, adopted kid from Haiti. I mean, all this... She's got all this going, and uh, uh, nuclear family, right? <laughs> You're Catholic. And by the way, did you know that five, one, two, three, four, five current justices are Catholic, and yet they're going to attack Amy Comey Bryant for being Catholic? Anyway, this is brilliant, because what's going to happen is it's going, to, it's going to bring right to the surface the ugliness of the political left, and it's also going to take, it's going to be right on TV during these confirmation hearings, that they're going to be ugly to this woman, number one. And number two, I guess it takes Harris off the campaign trail for a while as she's going to be in those hearings. So very interesting, a brilliant move. All right, folks, hey, great to have you here on VU. We'll have a recap of the uh, debate on Wednesday. Meanwhile, get your uh, coffee and... Uh, <laughs> We'll see you back then. God bless you all. Hey, now more than ever, draw close to the Lord. Trust in Him with all your heart, and He will direct your path. God bless you guys. Bye-bye now.